0: Kia ora eti Haere mai to the Festival One podcast. Today you will be listening to a seminar from Festival One 2020. This year we dived into the theme of hope, specifically hope and not hope for. We trust you will enjoy and be encouraged through this collection of seminars. For more about Festival One, head to our website, festival.one. Kia ora koutou, uh, koutumehi tuatahi, atua. Um, uh, it's a real privilege to have Fraser with us, as as most of you guys know. He's on a, a massive journey of meeting lots of people all the time and getting a camera up in their face and um, hoping to capture something about their heart and about the heart of humanity um, and, and sharing that with us. Um, so thanks Fraser for for your time and yeah, it's going to be fun. Thank you. Well, good. Good day everyone all right all right so I just wanna i wanna make this forty five minutes just real honest real raw I wanna tell you guys stories um so I'm just gonna start off by telling you a bunch of embarrassing things about me just so you, you get to know each other a little bit more um so first thing first, I have a mistranslated tattoo right here, so uh this was meant to be film in Hebrew <laughs> I Google translated it, and I uh, later found out that it means corn in Hebrew. So I got corn on my arm. Um, (laughs) I drink fluffies. I I like to call them adult fluffies. Uh, A soy adult fluffy with um, a drizzle of uh, honey. Uh, And just for the baristas out there, we don't like when you put chocolate sprinkles on the fluffies. That's from me and every two-year-old in New Zealand, so thank you for that. Um... I'm dyslexic, I fail, I deliberately failed an eye test when I was 10 years old because I wanted to look like Harry Potter. So I basically was just blurred my eyes and said every random number and my parents bought me glasses and uh, I wore them for one day and never wore them again because I didn't need to. Um, I, something that I'm really embarrassed about is I used to take photos of Justin Bieber into a barber shop at, and so I'd kind of cover the face a bit so they wouldn't know it was Justin Bieber and they'll be like, you know, just here like this. And they'll be like, oh, so the Bieber, the Bieber cut. Uh, that's something I've always been uh, kind of embarrassed by. Uh, but um, look, like, I've, whoops. I've kind of like, I've written notes out, but I know the way I kind of like to roll is just being straight up and real with everyone. So I'm, I'm going to start off. Um, Jay kind of injured me around a project I do called 10,000 Dreams. And just, if you don't know what that is, I'll just do a real quick summary Basically, I'm filming a different person's dream every day for 10,000 days, which is 27 and a half years. Um, It's, yeah, so filming, editing, and uploading every single day. It's my life mission. I'm going to go into uh, all the details, but here's a little uh, montage video just to set it up. <laughs> my dream is all about my family. I just me very much. To achieve the maximum as as a Māori, I've always aspired to be one of the very first Māori prime ministers of New Zealand. My dream was to be prime minister of New Zealand. My dream for my daughter is that she's happy. My dream mm. was to become a police officer. Uh, one of the greatest jazz musicians ever. My dream is to own my own KFC dress. My dream is that somehow or other we manage to alleviate poverty. My dream is to marry Tom and have lots of sexy babies. I'm going to shave off my beard and I'm hoping to get a whole lot more loving from my girlfriend. <laughs> 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 to give up My dream was to give up smoking Zombies and a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Damn man, I I didn't think I'd get emotional watching that. Um yeah, I guess I get emotional because um sorry about this guys. <laughs> um My dreams, oh man, okay. My dreams changed so much since I was a kid. Um, When I was seven years old, my dream was to win an Oscar at 23. I remember going to my mum in the kitchen and saying, I'm going to be the youngest Oscar winner ever at 23 years old. And that was the thing that drove me through all my teenage years, through everything. Um, My first day at film school, I was 16 years old. And the teacher w- said, let's go around the class, all 80 people. And he said, let's talk about what your dreams are in the film industry. And people were like, you know, I want to maybe direct a TV show one day. Or The majority said, I'm not quite sure yet, something in film. And I was real nervous to say it, but I knew I had to say it because it was my dream. And I said, I'm going to be the youngest Oscar winner of all time. And I'm going to win an, an Oscar at 23. And the whole class laughed at me. Um, and the teacher... He very nicely said, I wish you all the best with that. Um, My last day at film school, three years later, um, we did the exact same thing. We went around in the class and I said the same thing. I said, I've got four years and I'm going to win an Oscar. I was 19 at the time. And the class didn't laugh at me this time, which was pretty cool. Um, So I left film school and I started, I directed a feature film called Sirenia. We uh, raised $100,000 from donations from family and friends and basically I was on my way towards my dream. We were filming in England, everything was happening, studios were starting to take interest in what I was doing, um, spent a year and a half doing that, and it was released at Rialto Cinemas in August the 8th, 2015, and I was 20 at the time. And this is it, this is the moment I thought, I'm going to reach my dream. I'm 21, 20, 21 years old, and this film's gonna win me an Oscar. Um, Little did I know that the film wasn't actually that great and it (laughs) bombed basically and no one then would take my calls or emails or anything after that point. And I failed my dream, essentially. I got to the age of 23 and I knew I wasn't gonna win an Oscar and I felt like a failure. Um, And so what I did is I went on a mission trip and (laughs) so I went to Samoa for a couple of weeks, came back, kind of my life changed drastically and I quit film for six months, became a bit of a muppet, lost my way in life, lost purpose completely, started, you know, applying for jobs elsewhere. The only time in my life I ever kind of defeated and started looking for stuff outside of film. And it was, I don't know, like six months later, it was around that time that I went out for a fluffy with one of my mates, Logan. And Basically, he was heading off to America for six months. And I was saying, dude, every day in America, you should ask someone what their favorite ice cream flavor is. And we quickly realized that was a pretty average idea. And then we kind of moved on to, why don't you ask someone what their why is? But Rebel Sport had already done that campaign. So it kind of just came to, why don't you ask someone what their dream in life is every single day on your trip? And he was like, ah, I probably wouldn't commit to that. And then I was like, ah. How about I do it? I'll do it for a year. And we made a bet. And uh, here I was doing one year of dreams every single day, Um, which at the start was an absolute burden. I didn't enjoy it at all. I was just doing family and friends for the first, I think it was 20 days. And then um, I filmed a pug's dream, which still goes down as the most embarrassing dream I've filmed. And this was a wake-up call in my life, filming this dream right here. (laughs) I'll play it for you. Yeah, so I <laughs> I was so embarrassed by posting that. I don't know why, why I thought it was funny or anything. And so at that point, I realized I might not. You know what? If I'm doing this for a year, I've got to do it well. So the very next day, I went to a mosque. I went to a Buddhist monastery in the Church of Scientology and went and filmed dreams. And I just did something drastic. And this, this kind of went on for like 200 days. I was kind of putting like 60% in. And then I really wanted to film Jacinda Ardern's dream. This was just before she became prime minister. And I had 100 days left, so I emailed her team. And I, just, I, had a f- I knew they would say no if I only had 100 days left. It wasn't big enough, the idea. So I just basically lied to her in the email. And I just said, I'm doing it for 10,000 days. I put a stupid number in. Just, I was like, why not? Let's just send it off and see what happens. And then they came back and said, sure, we'll do it. And so I basically had to quickly go on my Instagram page and change the name to 10,000 Dreams. I didn't tell anyone in my life I was doing that. I got a lot of messages from people like, are you crazy? I, I, I assumed like, what, 10,000 days is probably like four or five years or something. I can, I had no idea it was 27 and a half years. Um, so, that, so essentially the day I started this was December the 8th, 2016, my last day doing this is April the 25th, 2044, and I'll be 50 years old. I'm just turned 25, so <laughs> I got a bit of time to go. Um, and yeah, so moments like, I want to talk stories. So this is a story that, probably the first story that stands out to me. About 50 days in, um, my I was struggling at this point to do this. Like, I was getting like five views a video, and I, I've just, no one really cared. So I was like, my my Nana just passed away. And my family were going up to Whangarei to be in the hospital with her. And so I decided on this day, nah, I'm quitting. I didn't bring my camera gear with me. This is it. I'm done. So we go to Whangarei and we spend the whole day in hospital with her as she passed away. And yeah, we were heading back home to Auckland. It was like 10 p.m. at night. I hadn't had my camera gear. I was done. It was over, um, but that's that's where I'm very grateful for my family right now, because that's when they forced me out of the car at uh, the Autobahn, and I had to take my iPhone in and film the dude that worked at Long John Silver, L- LJS, and ask him what his dream was. I, is it in here? It's not in there, that's all good. Um, and yeah, and that was the first moment that I really wanted to quit this. Um, Cause it's 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 flippin' tough. I'm not gonna lie. It's it's every single day, and life. You don't want to. There's not always something you want to do every day. Like it's you have such low points in your life, and there's also high points. But I just feel like this is the thing God's called me to do. Um, but anyway, it took me like 258 days to get Jacinda's dream, and that's the moment that it changed, and I kind of was now on my life journey, and. So, I've got, like, a bunch of stories that I want to tell. But before we go into that, I just, like, I'm so keen to hear some of your dreams. I won't film this just yet, but I'm so keen to hear your dreams. I just thought, like, just for a couple of minutes, like, if you guys could just maybe chat to the person next to you or in a group, just talk around what your dream is. We'll just talk for a couple of minutes, and I want to see if there's anyone, a few people that are brave enough to kind of share that before we move on. Let's Go for it. All right, everyone. Um, Is there anyone that wants to share out their dream? To everyone? Raise your hands. (laughs) Is there anyone that wants to share their dream? Come on. You, bro? I want want to see life become multi-planetary. All humans living on other planets and sort of, yeah, that sort of thing. That's cool. Let's go round the applause. Is there anyone else? Do you want one? Why not? (laughs) Um, My dream is to represent Jesus, like, every day of my life, uh, spreading kindness and, like, just promoting honest conversation and, like, authenticity. And another dream of mine is to, like, songwrite. Uh, I already do, but, like, to start sharing it, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you. All right, cool. Thank you for sharing that, guys. Um, We'll come back to that later. And there's actually, I want to film someone's stream on stage here at the end, so we'll find someone. Um, All right, so I want to go into a few stories now. I'm going to start off with some of the high points that uh, make me smile along the journey and moments that God has just provided crazily that I can't even explain. And then I'll go into some of the tough points. So, um, as some of you know, if you follow me, I love guessing emails. And that's. So I've been lucky enough to have filmed, like, more than 300 celebrity dreams now. Um, I'm 1,146 days in. Um, and how I kind of get a lot of people is by guessing their emails, which amazingly seems to work wonders. Uh, just, for instance, a story, I guess Ricky Gervais's email. Um, I won't say what it is. Uh, they came back straight away saying, how did you get this email? And I said, I just guessed it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, so, a story I love to tell, um, and I'm about to film these people's dreams. I really wanted to get Jessica Alba's dream. Um, so, I thought creatively, I went first thing first, I went to the managers, the agents, the publicists, they all said no, as they always do. So, I noticed she ran a business with a guy called Christopher. So, I guessed Christopher's email, and I said, I would love for you and Jessica to film your dreams whilst I'm in America. And he came back and he said, sure, my wife Jessica and I would love to do that. His wife's not Jessica Alba. So I thought I was clear in the email, but maybe I wasn't. And I was ah, damn. Okay, so I looked into who his wife was. Um, Her name's Jessica Capshaw. And not only is she the star of Grey's Anatomy, one of them, she's also the daughter of my hero, Steven Spielberg, which was... um, a very lucky <laughs> mistake, uh, and then I then I guess Jessica Alba's husband's email and now I'm filming with them in a couple of months, so that worked out well anyway. Um, another one, uh, this one, I'm wearing a Wiggles top right now, so this story, as a lot of people know in the news over the last week, this story now is really personal to me. Um, I heard I saw the Wiggles were coming to Auckland to do a concert, so... I guessed the email of their social media manager, and then they were all happy to do it, so I filmed their dreams, um, which actually, I do have one here, let me play Anthony's dream first. Here we go, before I finish the story. stop. So, yeah, so I filmed, filmed the Wiggle streams. This was about May last year. And then uh, halfway through last year, I did a month, uh, five weeks in America. And I was in San Francisco. Happened, They happened to be doing a show there, so I reconnected with them, kind of hanged out with them, filmed their concert. And um, about a month ago, Lockie, who's the purple Wiggle, the current one, not the OG one, he asked me to come over to Sydney to help him propose and to film his proposal. So... I always booked in. I was going there, and I was there two weeks ago to help him propose. And that's when they, the OG Wiggles announced the charity concert um, with the OGs. And I was like, ah. Oh. And it, I was only meant to be there for one day, and this was a Tuesday. But they were performing the Friday night. And I went to my mum, who's a travel agent, and I said, I feel like God's telling me I should stay for their charity concert. I don't know why but I think I need to stay an extra four days in Sydney." Um, So she changed it, and there I was filming um, Lockie's proposal, and then the whole week was so tough. I got really sick, I was so homesick, and the whole time I was like, Mom, can I just come back, can you change my ticket? I think I should come back. I don't think I should be at the charity concert. Uh, Anyway, luckily she convinced me not to, and I stayed. And that Friday night, I filmed the dreams of the OG Wiggles, film their concert, and that's when, obviously, the news comes in, and uh, Greg, who's the Yellow Wiggle, basically had a heart attack right in front of me, and died, basically. Um, And it was only because someone in the audience came up and basically brought him back to life with CPR that he survives now. And it was just, it was traumatic. I was embracing the Wiggles as they were breaking down into tears. It was so dramatic. And the whole time I was like, how the heck am I here right now? But it was also a real special moment. He's fine, Greg's fine now, but it was such a moment that I'm like, this is why I'm meant to be here. And Anthony, who just that dream, actually messaged me afterwards and said, there's a reason you were meant to be there tonight. So this is uh, Greg's dream. Um, this was about an hour before his heart attack. Grew up listening to the Wiggles, coming along to see the original Wiggles. Now that they're all older, they have these fun memories of their childhood. So hopefully, that's a positive effect on their lives. It. Thank you, Greg. that said, man. Okay, no Thank you so much. Great. Yeah. So that. I actually, and I opened up on Instagram. I hated how I filmed that. Like I hated it so much that I almost didn't post the dream. Um, but and I actually went up to him just so I filmed it an hour before. And then a couple of minutes before the show started, I went up to him again, I said, Greg, um, do you mind if I refilm your dream? And he said, of course, I'll do it straight after the show, which obviously couldn't happen. Uh, so and I look at that now with completely different eyes. That's easily one of the top three special dreams I've done. And that's, again, I got a, another God moment. Um, I had a, when I went to America, Um, the first week I was in San Francisco, I had a dream, like a little physical dream when I was sleeping. And it was so vivid. I've never dreamed before of filming someone's dream. But this was the first time and I was filming Nicole Kidman's dream. And it was so vivid. It was so weird. It like lingered in my mind for weeks after that. And so I was there for like five weeks. The last week I was in LA. And Someone I knew back home was like, hey, bro, film, you should film my friend Grayson's dream. He lives in L.A. And it was a really busy week, so I kind of kept pushing it back, pushing it back. He was like an hour uber away from where I was staying. And so I just kept postponing it until I came to my last night in L.A. And I was not going, I actually was text writing out a message to him saying that I wasn't going to come to film his dream. And I didn't have time to do it. But before I sent it, I just was like, Ugh. I just had that gut feeling, so I deleted the message and said, "Sure, I'll be there in an hour." And so I go, I Uber to him. He's this amazing guy. Him and his um, him and his mate were there, and I ended up staying for like three hours with them to like one a.m. Just yarning about life, and then towards the end, we got to a point where, I oh, mate, I. I Realized I haven't actually asked you what you do. I kind of had an idea you're in the entertainment industry, but I, ha- I don't realize what you do. He goes, Ah, oh, I control Nicole Kidman's Instagram page, and I control everything she d- con- posts or uh, interviews, um, which obviously blew my mind. Uh, so <laughs> it looks like I'm getting Nicole Kidman stream soon. So it's there's just a lot of like crazy stories that I love telling. Uh, there's one more about. Uh, Hugh Jackman. Um, So Hugh Jackman was performing in Auckland. He was doing a show. And I set myself a goal on the first day before the show on the Friday. I'm going to get Hugh Jackman's dream. So I contacted everyone I knew who I thought might know him. No one knew who he was. They knew who he was. They just didn't know him. Um, All his managers, publicists, everyone. Everyone said no. Um, And so I kind of gave up on it, basically. Uh, And... There was someone that six months ago reached out to me saying, hey, can I film my dream? And I was like, sure. We kind of didn't quite get the timings right. And then six months later, we had organized to film his dream on the Friday. We'll just catch up for a coffee in the morning. And the funny thing is, in that that morning, I was really sick. So I actually was, again, going to contact him to postpone the coffee and to film his dream. But, again... There's just that prompting. Uh, Must be God or Holy Spirit or something. So I went and filmed his stream, and we were catching up, we were having coffee, and he's like, "Oh man, I really love what you do. I would love to, um, I'd love to introduce you to people. I don't. Who do I know that you might want to get in touch with?" And he's just thinking, and I, I'm just sitting there being real quiet, and he goes, "Hmm, you know, my mentor is Hugh Jackman. Hmm." Oh uh, he's then he's sitting there and I'm just like uh, uh, I don't I don't want to say anything and he's he gets on his phone. He sits there for like ten minutes just typing a message and he's like, I've never done this before He's like, How's this email? And he's written out an email to Hugh Jackman and he's like he said, I've never done this before to anyone to introduce them to Hugh. Um and yeah, so it looks like I'm gonna get Hugh Jackman soon. <laughs> Dreams soon too, so it's just these are lots of cool high stories um which yeah, to me it's all God. um God has done some absolutely crazy stuff, um and it's not just like God does crazy stuff when you pray for it, which does does happen, but even the days where I've screwed up the most, God has done miracles in my life and that's so comforting, comforting to me, because I screw up a lot. And so I wanna, I wanna be uh, raw about last year. Last year was, how many times I'm gonna do that? Last year was the worst and best year of my life. At the start of the year in February, I run a film company called Frog, and I got to a really bad financial point with it, where I was about three days away from bankruptcy. It was really scary. Um, it, yeah, it was quite a big deal. And it got to the point where literally I needed a set number in three days or I was done. All I could do was pray. This this was the first time I'd really got on my knees and prayed to God. Um, and then free, like the next day, basically, three times that amount that I needed came in, in work opportunities that people just suddenly reached out to me uh that's god and i was like cool i've learned my lesson now sweet i'm never going to get to that financial situation again in my life uh 6 months later i basically get into the exact same financial situation did not learn my lesson uh and just to context this next part i got offered an opportunity to basically go to america and canada for 5 weeks um, with the intent of filming dreams, all I had to do was a little bit of film work for a company, and they covered the whole trip and America was um oh man, I was so homesick, it was insane, like I literally was just listening to worship music on repeat every day. I was so like it was such a tough time um and i came i 'm not going to go into too much details, but let 's be like, yeah came came back from new zealand um yeah so God, uh how do I say this without going into details um so i was i was i was married for two and a half years got married when i was twenty two um marriage has ended now um i and then the exact same week um my business basically got to that bankruptcy point again. Um, this was a very rough time in my life. Um, and this was all around day 1000, which was that montage video post that got so many comments of people going, you're amazing, what you're doing is so inspiring. And literally my life was at rock bottom. Um, and I had organized the film James Morrison's Dream, who's a UK singer who did that Broken Strings song. And I, was, he was in Town Hall in Auckland and I went to go park and my car declined, and it's the first time I ever haven't been able to pay for parking. There was an absolute storm outside, and I had to drive three Ks away to get free parking because there was just nothing in the city. And so I run three Ks in the storm with all my camera gear uh, to film his dream. Um, Before I continue, I'll play his dream, let's see. Obviously, I don't know. I suppose if there's anything that I'd like to sort of do without having to cheat, I'd just like to be a singer that people recognize my voice and that I'm remembered as a good singer, a good British singer, a good British soul singer. Perfect. That's it. (laughs) Is (laughs) it done? Thank you. So, I film Israel. I put on a pretty good face. You'd probably not tell by my voice that anything was wrong in my life except everything had kind of ended in my life. Um, and I went home that night to my parents. Um, I was now at their place. And I broke down into tears because I <laughs> I, was, I needed, like, a couple of grand to pay an invoice. And I was working myself up to ask them if they could help me out. And I said, Mom, Dad, I think I need a couple of grand to pay this invoice. And they were like, what's, well, what's wrong? and that's when i just opened up about everything and i broke down uh i don't think i've cried that much in my life before and it was that was the lowest point of my life again all we could do was pray uh pray for a miracle pray for some hope in my life and the next day it was i think it was around day 1000 time and the next day i basically got a message that changed my life And again, I can't go into too much detail, but this is a good message. Um, uh, So basically a producer commented on my Instagram post on day 1000 and said, give me a call tomorrow. This is a producer I've looked up to for like years and I didn't even know he was following me. And that's, oh, oh it's so hard to say all this without going into details. Um, So essentially the point I'm at right now is I've just, yeah, I've just got i deal with like a studio overseas who want to basically do something on 10,000 dreams and this happened the day after my worst day in my life and sure you could look at that coincidence or whatever but to me that's God giving me hope in my life my dream is like the only thing that kept pushing me through the rocks because um, at rock bottom that's when I realized that Jesus was my rock Um I've I've been a Christian my whole life. Probably the first half of my life I was a Christian because my mum and dad were Christians. I didn't discover my own faith. And it wasn't until I lost everything that I realized I do have a faith. This is something God's called me to. Um it's yeah, I feel like this is my this is my purpose. I don't know. Like um somehow my dream when I was a kid to, you know, win Oscars be a studio director. Um I thought I failed that dream. And somehow through doing the thing that God called me to do, which I didn't love at the start at all, he led me back to my dream in a bigger way than I could ever imagine. Um, And it's just made me realize God's dreams are bigger than your dreams. And I can only say that now because of what's happened. Six months ago, I I was too scared to say that because I was telling people, I'm scared to commit to what I feel God's called me to because I think He's going to take me away from what my, I really want. I want, I want to be a big, famous filmmaker. And if I follow God, I feel like it's gonna, He's gonna completely lead me away from that. Um, I, yeah, it's it's incredible how He works. And uh, something for me, um, which I actually I wish I went into earlier actually. During the for my feature film *Sirenia* at the premiere, um, there was a couple hundred people in the audience. And the whole time I was like, do not forget to thank God. You're doing a speech, thank God. But I knew half the audience weren't Christian. So I get up on stage and I thank my parents, I talk about it and I don't thank God. I chicken out, because I thought everyone would laugh at me, even though it's a crazy idea. Um, and at that moment, I, I I I was convinced that's why the film failed, because I forgot to thank God. And I thought oh, I screwed up. I've, now yeah, done. God's like, I'm not going to use you anymore. That was your opportunity. You didn't open up about your faith. And that beat me up massively for like years. That's actually a part of the reason I gave up film because I, I thought I failed God. And a couple of years later, about a year into 10,000 Dreams, I got an opportunity to go on the AM show. And that morning I was very sick. I was vomiting and everything. And... I was ner- so nervous because in my head I'm like, if, he, if Duncan Garner asks you what your dream is, you better say it's to help tell the word about God through film, because that's what your dream is. But I was so scared because I didn't, I was like, please, I don't want him to say that. And I you know, do the show, talking the whole time, he doesn't ask me what my dream is, sweet, sweet, I'm safe, I'm safe. And then at the very end he goes, Fraser, I forgot to ask you, what's your dream? And I'm like, okay, this is, and I said, my dream is to tell the world about God through film. And he said, that's awesome. And that was the moment that it just cleared years of me feeling like I failed God. Suddenly I was like, oh, no, I, why am I scared of this? I, why am I, I'm proud of this. Like, And that that's the moment where things kind of started to roll and crazy doors started opening and there was way more momentum and, yeah, it's that is a point in my life that really stands out as the moment I decided I'm going to declare my faith publicly. I'm proud to be a Christian. I'm proud to be a Christian in film and I believe God is just doing awesome stuff. Um I what are dreams do I have here? Um Oh, okay. I got got a, a couple more I I'll do a couple more stories. How much time do I have? Five to seven, does that include filming a dream? Okay, then I won't do that. Okay, I'll just finish with something. Um, so I guess this this message, not only is it talking about what I'm doing, but I just want to inspire you guys to have a dream. Um, I think dreams give us purpose. Um, I think dreams give us a reason to wake up in the morning. Dreams make you jump. That's why through all the crap that's happened in my life, I can still smile because I have a dream. Like this is... Dreams are awesome. But I think a message I always try to give people is, it's easy to go have a dream and just work hard and you'll achieve it. Um, I think, firstly, you've got to make sure it's your own dream, you know? Um, It's so easy to go, oh, I just want to be famous, so I'll be an actor, I'll be a filmmaker, I'll be a sports star, I'll be... But is that your dream? Is, Is your dream right now what your parents want you to do, what your friends think you should be doing? Make sure it's your dream. And then once you find that, it might not bring worldly success, but you will wake up so passionate and excited. To me, a year ago, if I was like my full time job is ten thousand dreams, I I thought that, damn, no, 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 I want to be making movies. I want to be, this is not what I want. This is not one. This is a little side project. Now I'm just buzzing every day because I get to share people's dreams every day. Like this, this is my. F- basically my full-time job. Like I, But it's only in trusting that God's dreams are bigger than yours that I think, yeah, I really believe everyone here has the potential to do unbelievable things in this world. It's not a few people that are chosen that have special talents. We all have X Factor. We all have talent. And I don't know, man, I just, my dream now is to help the world dream. And if I can do that by sharing someone's dream every day for half my life, I think I'll be pretty happy at the end of my life. Cool, guys. Yeah, thanks, Fraser. Um, that was awesome. Thanks for story time and for you just being you, um, bringing yourself to all the people you meet. Um, another round of applause for Fraser. For more about Festival One, head to our website, festival.one. I'm trying too hard to make you feel fun.